What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. If you're ready to unleash your marketing potential and crush your small business goals, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Miranda Rodriguez. Over the past four and a half years, I've helped hundreds of small business owners achieve big dreams with small strategic marketing steps. When I say big dreams, I'm talking quitting that part-time job, five times in your income, or opening your first brick and mortar. On this podcast, I'll teach you how to market your business with laugh out loud personal stories, real life client examples, and the occasional F-bomb. Because let's be honest, Marketing your small business is so much more than just a marketing problem. Grab your earbuds and let me show you how marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the third interview in the Maternity Leave guest interview series here on the podcast. And for this week's interview, we have a special guest. If you've been around here for a while, you've probably heard her on the podcast in the past. And you know that we, she and I have been working together for several years at this point. And if you've ever worked with me, you know I've probably used her as an example of what's possible. And that's why I'm so excited to share this episode with you because um, Katie Hawkins is our guest this week. Katie is the owner and founder of Unbridled Equine. And over the past several years, her career as a small business owner and a mom has just taken on so many different shapes and forms and directions, more pivots than you could ever imagine. And she has finally landed in what most would consider to be a dream position. And on this episode, she shares everything that got her to this point, all of the ups and all of the downs and how she's navigating this season of business and really what it took and what the year looked like leading up to this amazing um, position that she has right now. So Katie Hawkins is the founder and owner of Unbridled Equine. She holds a BS in animal science from University of Illinois. I never knew we were. (laughs) We both went to U of I together, Um, probably at similar times. How am I just learning this? (laughs) And she has a Master of Arts in Education from Dominican University. In addition to being a lifelong equestrian and currently competing in the jumper ring, Katie is a certified equine massage therapist and FEI permitted, which allows her to work on equine athletes at the top of their sport. She is a certified equine rehabilitation therapist, and last year, Unbridled Equine joined forces with Pinnacle Equine, a state-of-the-art facility based out of Fayetteville, Arkansas, to revolutionize the field of equine rehabilitation. Katie teaches webinars and trainings along with consulting for horse rehab professionals and veterinarians in the industry. Katie is also a proud wife to her husband, Greg, and together they have two daughters, Quinn and Baylor. Um, She fails to mention that they also have (laughs) two dogs and one that recently passed away, and we loved, loved, loved Panda, Um, and she's no longer with us. And they have a mini horse named Meatball. Y'all, if you're not following along with Katie at Unbridled Equine on Instagram, you are missing out on all of the fun animal shenanigans that are happening over there in Arkansas. You can follow along at Unbridled Equine on Instagram. She's on Facebook. You can check her website out, unbridled-equine.com. And I'm going to link to all of these things, website, email, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, in the notes. So this episode is, is so special in so many ways because I feel like finally, 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 you know, it's, it feels to me like we're able to document her entire 
entrepreneurial journey in this episode, like from start to finish. And it's not done yet. You know, she's really just getting started in this next chapter in Arkansas with her family and Pinnacle. And there's so much more to come out of this. Um, But I think if you look at Katie now from the outside, you will think like, wow, this looks amazing. How awesome. How perfect. Right. Um, But it was it was anything but leading up to this point. And she has just been one of those people who's just so willing to to stay open to opportunity, to create her own opportunities and to be flexible with what success looks like to her. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. I love, love, love Katie Hawkins, and it has been such a pleasure to work with her over the past five years. So let us know what you think of the episode. Send us a DM or screenshot what you're listening to. And thank you so much for being here. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Today, we have a repeat guest, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Katie Hawkins is here to take us on a journey. And she's been here before. And that was what, a few years ago? In quite a few years. Yeah. Yeah. And so much has changed in just those few years. So <laughs> we, you know, strap in everyone because yep. we are going to go. <laughs> This is going to be really fun. Um, And I think so timely for so many of you to hear how she has pivoted and met her customers where she is. So Katie, thank you so much. Welcome back to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Do you want to fill everyone in? Tell us where you are currently. Bring us up to date and then we'll take it all the way back. Yeah. Okay. So currently um, I have relocated to Fayetteville, Arkansas. And my family and my husband, we've all moved down here, furry kids and regular kids, to um, Mm -hmm. Fayetteville, Arkansas, from the Chicago suburbs, where I was born and raised. And we moved here in August for a new partnership that I started with an equine rehab center that was starting out of Fayetteville, Arkansas. So Unbridled Equine is now based out of Pinnacle Equine Therapy in Fayetteville. Oh, my gosh. I can't. It's just such a dream come true, honestly, like all of every time we talk about this and every time I talk to you there. So let's take it back. So we were just discussing you've been in business for eight years now. Um, Let's take it back to when you started and let's fill people in on like why you started the business, how you got there, um, all of those things. Yeah. Um, When I started the business, I was uh, in the midst of motherhood. Um, I had just had my second girl little girl. And um, I was like full fledged momming it and Mm -hmm. loved it and was also seeking something to engage me again outside of the home. Um, And, you know, caring for animals, I mean, my background, I was a zookeeper. And so caring for animals has always been something that I've done in my job and horses have always been a passion and hobby of mine. And so then just out of wanting to take care of my own horse as he was aging, uh, I decided to bring on, I was like, you know what, I would love to go learn how to massage my own horse. And it would be really cool if I could travel somewhere and do it because I'd really love a full night's sleep. And so <laughs> off I went to Colorado and um, did the pre-work, you know, coursework ahead of time, took the um, course when I got there and then did all my hours afterwards and got certified in equine massage therapy. So that's really where Unbridled started. Um, And from there, um, what it evolved into, especially into today, uh, is really taken on a life of its own. And Mm -hmm. so what I knew is during my pregnancies, I struggled with health issues. 
mental and physical health issues. And when my back went out after I, after I had my second daughter, my back was a mess for my pregnancies and I was slated to have surgery on my back. And I was just like, I'm too, I'm in my thirties. Like I don't want to have back surgery and especially because mm-hmm. I ride horses. And so, um, I really went a holistic route of changing my diet and chiropractic and massage and acupuncture and was able to get my back in a place where I didn't need surgery. And so I really thought like, okay, I think healthcare needs to go this way for horses as well. Mm-hmm. And so, um, in kind of, in a way foreseeing where the industry was going to head without even realizing I was, um, I came back and brought massage to equine performance courses in the Chicagoland area, which I had grew up, you know, I grew up riding and that kind of stuff, but not competing a whole bunch. So the true performance horse aspect of riding was newer to me. And, um, but what I did know is that I did know horses and I did know horse health. And so that was where really it started. And I, I, I remember like I said to my husband, like, oh, this is just going to be like a little side hustle. Um, just a reason, you know, for me to get out of the house. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, be- I barely need a babysitter for it. <laughs> and then next thing I know it was like completely part time. And then before we knew it, it was full time. And mm-hmm. I loved it because I felt myself healing as I healed these horses and I just, it was the first time in my life. I like genuinely could just put my whole heart into something and feel very at ease at my job. And with that though, uh, it was a new, new modality in the Chicago area, but a new modality in the industry in general. And Mm -hmm. so I was definitely on the cusp of people learning, you know, the the education piece of why you would want to massage your horse. It's not Mm -hmm. just you know, a fluffy TLC massage with cucumbers on their eyes. Like, no, <laughs> it's an athletic massage. And we are doing this to either proactively help them, um, you know, with compensation patterns or issues they're having, or if they are having issues already, how can we help them to to perform better or feel better by helping them get their body into alignment? Um, and what I like to think of it is that um, the the massage aspect is just part of their healthcare team, just like as humans, we have healthcare teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, from there, whew, I mean, it became very quickly uh, <laughs> its own beast of itself. Um, and so unbridled, yeah, it really just became um, over time you know, it naturally grew with the massage as far as like the number of clients that I had. And then as that continued to grow, what I realized was I like to find holes that are happening within an industry. Mm -hmm. And so something I kept hearing from vets and I kept hearing from trainers was that rehabbing horses is so hard. Um, Horses inevitably get hurt, uh, just like kids. Uh, They just, they just fall, they hurt themselves, it happens. And so but there's so much equipment and and education and training in not only the veterinary field but also the rehabbing field of stuff that you can do to get you know horses back to work but also where they're coming back stronger than they were before the setback and so that's where when uh it was actually in the midst of covid <laughs> let's get into this one uh, yeah. <laughs> hold on hold on let me pause yeah. you real quick one second can you tell people in the beginning how you were how you actually grew the business because you said it grew naturally but i yeah. know 
I know that momentum did pick up and eventually it just grew on its own. But in the beginning, I mean, you were reaching out to people, you were offering free massage services, especially because it was something that wasn't as um, like regular commonplace as it is now, you know? So if you go all the way back to them, how are you, how are you getting in the barns? Like, how are you getting your foot in the door? I was definitely not someone that they knew. Uh, So there was a learning curve as far as I wasn't a name that they recognized because um, even though I knew horses, I hadn't horse shown at that level Mm -hmm. as a kid. And, um, and then a lot of it was just honing in on what I know, which is I know how to take care of horses. And what I trusted was my knowledge and that massage worked. Like I kept Mm -hmm. seeing it time and time again, like this really works for them and horses can't lie. Like they're going to tell you the truth. And so then, uh, you know, my, my marketing technique was really, uh, okay. I would, you know, work with a trainer and maybe they would recommend me to somebody else. Like, Oh, Hey, have you ever had Katie Hawkins work on your horses? And the trainer would be like, no, but like my people don't want to spend money on massage. And I'd be like, you know what? That's fine. Give me your worst horse. That's having the most issues. Um, I'll massage it for free. And if you like it, give me a call. And that was it. I mean, I, I I mean, I just was like, I, you know what? I don't, I'm not going to bug you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you let me know. And I was confident in how well it worked that they always called. Yep. Always were like, you know what? I have a couple more horses I could use you to work on. And then the cool thing was, is that the trainers started to feel the difference. The owners started to feel the difference. The horses were performing better. And from there it, it grew organically, Mm -hmm. but it did take a lot of networking, a lot of getting to know, yes, I knew my clients well, which were the horses, but really engaging and working with owners and customers Mm -hmm. that I liked and I wanted to be in their lives and in their horses' lives and in their hobby and their passion. And and so it was never like, it never felt salesy to me. Mm -hmm. I feel like that. It was more like, oh, I've got, I have this service to offer and I love horses and you love your horses and we all want them to perform well. And I genuinely care. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me genuinely care and help you. And we're all happy. Like, yes. you know, it's that like everybody wins idea of just mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is what we all want is the same, the same goal. And so that's where, yeah, the, the, the marketing aspect of it. I, I don't know if that's a unique way to do it. But it was something that came very naturally where it was like, I, yes, it was a lot of hours of free work at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think that is hard to stomach when you first mm-hmm. start a business. Yes. How much, it's just like true grit of mm-hmm. like, okay, I believe in this. I'm going to just keep doing this because this feels right. And that path always felt really good to me of like, I trust my skill set. I trust what I'm doing. If they don't call, it's just because it's not the right fit and just let that be. Um, but they just did because it worked and it was a really cool way to also like endear yourself to the, the trainer who's helping Mm -hmm. you kind of work within that barn as well of like, Hey, I want to be helpful to you, um, and your customers. And I want to, you know, my thing was always like, I'm going to have a high level of integrity, I'm going to do this to the best of my abilities and I will always be like honest and fair. Mm-hmm. And because uh, that feels good in my heart as I'm healing horses, like I have yeah. to 
I'm doing too. And so that was such a fun way to get to know people and to keep practicing and getting in people's barns and just a really, it just felt really authentic, which I loved. And that's what I think, I hope, I want people to like go back and listen to that again, because what the two most important pieces are, one, it's all about relationships. It was relationship building and you were focused on that. And you were so confident in the results that you were getting. So the experience was helping you be a better salesperson because you knew it was working. And then the second piece is it was offline. You didn't use social media. You weren't running email marketing. Like, I mean, that that's barely happening now, but it's never been how you got your clients. No, and it's so, just not my strong suit. Exactly. And yeah. I think for people who are listening, who are struggling with growing their businesses online, like, time and time again, I come back to go out into your community. Like, who is your community? What does that look like? Have you built one? You have such a solid network now. So that we'll get to the second part of this, which will be the rehab side of things. But in order to, to build the rehab and to pursue other revenue streams, you did it all on the foundation that you built with this authentic marketing, which is just what you knew how to do. But yeah. it's honestly... I cannot stress it enough to people to go out and make those relationships in their community because everyone thinks it's easier to grow online. And there are aspects of that. And maybe during the pandemic, yes, but now we're like, you're, people are being pushed to go back to what they would call like grassroots marketing, like going and talking to people and reaching out and offering services for free and offering to, you know, go meet them and talk to them for free because that word of mouth doesn't go away. No one can take that away. Like they can an Instagram platform or anything else. Like you control that connection with your audience and they don't forget how you made them feel in that initial interaction. And then in this case, how, you know, after that, how you made the horse feel, which was like, oh, this is amazing. So, yeah. yeah. So I just think there's so much to that because you didn't know that wasn't intentional. You were not like, I'm going to do offline marketing and we're going to push word of mouth, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I was so, I mean, I laugh. Like I, I did not have a business background. I mean, I was just like, well, what, what do I want to try? What works? What, mm-hmm. I mean, I think my own genuine curiosity mm-hmm. and that's just how I approach life really lends itself well to be an entrepreneur, which I didn't mm-hmm. know going into it. And I think what's really interesting too, is that I am starting that all over again in a new part of the United States. Yes. So even though I have this really thick network of people, you know, from Chicago and Florida and Kentucky, mm-hmm. now I'm in this whole new area of the United States in, you know, people that ride horses, but in a different discipline uh, than a lot of my clients were before. And I'm again going back to what I know. And so tomorrow night, you know, we're putting ourselves out there and having our first, you know, open house event. Oh my God. I don't know who's going to show up. We'll see. But what I do know is what we're doing here works. Mm-hmm. And when people come, they can come meet us. Yes. And that's what I want them to know. Come and meet me. I want to meet you. And because you have to gain that trust and that mm-hmm. belief that. I want someone to say, like when someone's like just crushed because their horse, you know, is injured or hurting, they're like, Hey, have you heard of unbridled and pinnacle? Mm-hmm. Like, I just want it to be something that's on their, on their brain and, or have you talked to Katie? And mm-hmm. I love when people, that's the piece. Like I want people to feel that comfortable and not, yeah. you know what I mean? Like where it's not just this entity online. And I think the best thing you gave me verbiage for was this idea of just mark, like 
networking versus brand awareness. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. I look at everything I do online now is just like, if somebody hears of me, what are they going to do? They're going to Google me and look at my Mm -hmm. website. They're going to go on whatever social media platform they're on and they're going to look me up. And so Mm -hmm. I want them to see kind of what, what is my business offer? What is it? What is the feel of it? What is, you know, what is, what does it do? What, what is it all about? And, but I don't see direct correlation from that because I'm a service-based. And Mm -hmm. so that's where like that idea of like, there is a lot, there's validity to brand awareness, but I, I think it's the piece that even working with, you know, young entrepreneurs that are starting their own business, it's hard work. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's gritty. It's yep. going to horse shows, setting up a booth, being there all day and just putting myself out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, knowing that like, I'm not the best rider in the world and I didn't grow up in this world, but like I, what I lack in that I make up in like genuine caring. And I just have met the most wonderful people. Mm-hmm. And so that is like, what has just rooted me in this idea of like, I, I always go back to like, I'm good at what I do because that's the horse piece. But like without the piece, the owner is, is who I have to connect with as well. Cause they are the ones, you know, paying for it and yeah. looking for it and all of that. And so that's the part where I just go back to like, what, what would I want as a horse owner and what would be important to me? And so, yeah, I'm doing it again in a whole new area of the country. And again, you're like, what if no one shows up? Yeah. <laughs> What oh no my gosh. What if no one, you know, and I, but what I know and know and know and know is like, this is just that trickle down effect of you've got to do the initial piece of putting yourself out there and you've got to do these small little, you know, I sent care packages to all the vets with all their information mm-hmm. and, you know, different little giveaways and all this stuff that like, yes, it's money up front, but I know that that pays off in the long run because mm-hmm. I've done it once before. So I'm feeling it never not feels scary. Oh my gosh. I think that's huge for people to hear because you've been doing it eight years. And what I want people to hear too, is that you developed a process in this first stage of business that you didn't know you were developing. And then when it came to the second stage, which is the rehab, then we really were like, Oh, I think this is a process we can put in place. And now with pinnacle, the third, you're like even more so refining it and saying, Oh, this is, these things work. I know this because I've now had three iterations of this business that I've taken through this process and it's worked and it's grown the business in a way that I want it to. So let's talk people through the rehab portion of it. So you did massage on your own and then, (laughs) and then (laughs) COVID. Yeah, I guess then COVID hit and I couldn't sit still. No, Um, you literally, you were painting your house. I painted my entire house. Uh Uh-huh. And once all the rooms were painted, I was like, what am I going to do now? Yeah. And and so then I I did, I called one of my bestest, dearest friends who rides horses too. Her name is Kate and we're Katie and Kate, which is pretty, pretty so cute. And um, we always laugh that every short girl needs a tall best friend. Yeah. Work out well. And I just, she was in um, Colorado with her family skiing and I called her and was just like, Hey, I think I want to open a rehab center for horses because I think it's needed in our area, but also within the horse industry. And I don't want to do it alone. I think Mm -hmm. I want to do it with you. And she was the first person in my life where like my crazy dreamer came out. And she was one of the only people that ever would just said yes. 
Mm-hmm. It's very rare. Usually people like they're the part of them that's going to worry or be scared comes online. And she just was like, yeah, let's do it. And we just, we just did it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think I took what I knew from massage. Yes. Applied that to the grassroots portion of the rehab, knowing that I already had that foundation, a strong foundation built, but mm-hmm. also knowing that I could have a flashy social media campaign and I could, you know, talk it up and have the literature and pass out flyers and no one could come. Right. But what I knew was what we were offering was good. Mm-hmm. And that's what I always go back to is like, if I feel confident that our product, what we're offering is, is good, then like it sells itself. And all I have mm-hmm. to do is to communicate that to people, which feels good to me. Mm-hmm. I'm just not salesy. Like no. I, I would be like the worst used car salesman. Like I would just <laughs> think at it because I'd be like, well, if you don't want the car, don't get the car. You know, right. like, I don't want you to feel pressured. Uh, and that's just my personality. And so when going into the rehab portion, it really was like I was going in blindly, just knowing that there was this gap in the industry that vets were saying and owners and trainers were saying, this is really hard for us to do within the environment that the horse is living. And there's all this equipment out there that nobody has. And so in my mind, I was like, well, I haven't made it happen. And give me a good dream. And I can just like, I can yes. go down that rabbit hole really well mm-hmm. um, while still keeping everything else afloat. But where I was lucky was, is I had the time to COVID was a forced time to sit back. Mm-hmm. And I, every time I am forced to slow down, I have this growth come out of it mm-hmm. because I, I am very creative when it is like a time of stillness. And you have to remind me of this often, like Katie, this is when the growth happens. Like, mm-hmm. trust it. I know, but I'm so, <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, it just like makes me so uncomfortable, but I just keep sinking into that more and more each time it happens because it just keeps happening. And I keep coming out on the other side, like, oh, I'm so glad that happened. Yeah. So, yeah. The rehab was the rehab that we did in Illinois was fun. I mean, we just went for it yeah. with our eyes wide open, knowing that like if this Kate and I said, the most important things to us were our family and our friendship mm-hmm. and the business came third after that. And so it was like, no matter what, if this doesn't work for our families or our friendship, we're going to cut it um, mm-hmm. because neither of us needed it to like that much, you know, right. to make this work. And so we worked together on our business plan. We decided what we were going to invest in it. Um, we decided where we were going to base it out of. We did all mm-hmm. these things. And then honestly, it was just like, we put it out there and really hoped like, okay, I hope someone comes. And that base of support that I had showed up mm-hmm. and, recommended yep. me. and, and that brand awareness that I had, people were watching and yeah. it was a, that, that good foundation that allowed me then to take that little bit, you know, that, that leap into the mm-hmm. unknown and for it to go really, really successfully. And there was so many 
I mean, people love, not only were they supporting you, they were so excited because they, it's like they had been waiting for something like this to come to Illinois where it didn't exist. And then I think what was interesting in the PR launch that you did, I mean, you did so many great little things like you're doing at Pinnacle where you're reaching out to vets and you're reaching out to trainers and you're inviting them personally. And you did a whole campaign the comeback, which was really fun, where people got to, you know, kind of come along on the journey and get excited with you. And you, you incorporated influencers, like you did so many things to get it off the ground. But one of the things you did was you and Kate, you intentionally decided it was going to be a family endeavor. Mm -hmm. where the family was going to be part of the conversation. So having the kids at the barn, having the husbands at the barn, you know, and of course they're involved, right? Because you're making these decisions, these big decisions together. Um, But I think it could have very easily been like, Kate and Katie do it all, you know, and you both were like, we have these families, you know, and these husbands that are supporting us and, and our community as well. And so I really think that spin, it was not a spin, that perspective, on things, you two being willing to like own that it's a family thing, especially in your industry um, where, you know, just now, like I had um, Lucy from Sapphire Sport Horses on last Mm -hmm. week. So that episode will come out soon. Yes. And she and I talk a lot about that, about barn babies, raising your kids in the barn and navigating, not giving up your equestrian career just because you have kids now or having to pick one or the other. And there are days where you do have to make sacrifices in one realm or the other. But I think for you and Katie or you and Kate to really own it the way you did, it gave so many more women in the industry permission to say like, oh, okay, we can do this. Like we can do both. Yeah. And I think so you unintentionally found another niche, which was like all of these um, women in business in the equestrian industry who are trying to figure out how do we do both? Can we grow? Can we pivot? Yeah, you know, the industry hasn't really shown that as a whole. Um, and now working in and competing in my, for myself in the hunter jumper world in a competitive atmosphere, mm-hmm. um, I always kind of laugh. It's kind of like a circus, you know? Yeah. Like, up, everyone packs up and we move to a new location and then we pack up again and we move to a new location. And what I found was that there is a lot of health for me in staying rooted mm-hmm. and having that, those roots somewhere. And, you know, I found this out more and more as my, my family, my little, you know, family of my two daughters and Greg, like, as we've moved around, like the idea of a house versus a home, like this idea that like a house is just a structure, but a home is like, the foundation of love that you guys bring to it. Mm -hmm. And we keep recreating that in new houses that we're in. And, and I'm like, wow, this is the same idea that they have to have like those roots that Mm -hmm. are your core beliefs. And then you can grow from there because they give you that strong foundation. And so when, you know, I'm so lucky to have a friend like Kate, where we are very much, we both love horses and from a emotional and spiritual standpoint, we're very similar in our beliefs and growths. And even though we're very different personalities, very different. Mm -hmm. And we knew like what our strong suits were and where we were weak. And the other person, it was like a perfect marriage of just like, well, you're really good in those, those parts and allowing the other person to take over and excel in those areas that they're good at. But knowing that I 
want to be able, if my kid is sick, to stay home with my sick kid. Mm -hmm. And that some days I got to leave early or I've got to rearrange my day because um, there's a music concert that night. Mm -hmm. And it also takes me, you know, having help. And I had to recreate that here. Um, I've never had, you know, I have some family that can help us, especially if uh, Greg and I have to travel, but on a daily basis, I don't have family to help with my, my kids. And so that's something also where I have had to build a community of other people to help me and, Mm -hmm. and coming to a new area. Like that was one of the first things of like, okay, I've got to find help. And it's really important to me that it's somebody that my kids connect to and feel loved by. And so just this idea that like, I don't have to do it all myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I do get to own the pieces that are important to me that I want to be involved in. Um, and so it's just this give and take at times. And I love that I see more and more women, but specifically women in this industry, that was a very male dominated industry Mm -hmm. and women neither had to kind of stop and stay home or they didn't have kids. Like, no, you can choose to do both. And for me, the way it worked was having my roots somewhere and then being able to flourish because those roots were so strong. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't have done it without a supportive husband that right. believes in my dreams and, you know, isn't isn't worried or threatened when I come up with new ideas like building a rehab center. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, <laughs> and I have all the ideas. So I'm like, well, here, 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 here. Uh, and he's spoke about it. And then my mm-hmm. girl's like, oh my gosh, I remember my oldest daughter, Quinn, uh, at this year starting school, someone at school or one of her teachers asked her like, well, about them moving here. And she was like, we moved here for my mom's dream. Oh my gosh. And we were in the car and I remember I like teared up and I was like, Quinn. Thanks. And she's like, and she's very just like straightforward with stuff. Like she has, she's very sweet and emotional, but like my younger would have been like, we would have had a moment. And she was like, mom, we're here supporting your dream. We all get turns having our dreams. And I was just like, yes, like what a great kid. Like, yeah, here we did move here for my job and my dream. And I love that it wasn't just my job though. It was like, it's it's deeper than that. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where even in coming to Arkansas, when I was going to partner with this other company, I said, like, I'm going to bring my family here. And we're two family owned businesses coming together. Mm -hmm. Let's get together as families. And just as important as my, you know, record of success and all that I've done in my business and, you know, all that it's accomplished, like, this is my, this is my foundation. And so I want you to meet who's really, really important to me. And even as my husband has started a new job, like they didn't meet me or my kids. So it's very neat, you know, like that kind of like right away, I was like, well, let's get our families together. And they had a say in this because Mm -hmm. it affected all of us. And that's where I think bringing those pieces in all the time and not keeping them in separate spaces, but like combining them together and knowing that you know, time something I'm traveling, this has to give a little, then, okay, someone's sick. I got to go this way, or we have a busy season of this. Um, so it gives and takes, but this idea that like, it has to all be together because they're all equally important to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and not this idea of like, oh, I can do it all. It's not that it's like, this all matters to me. Yes. It all matters a lot to me. So how with, 
with all of that in mind, tell us how the rehab, it started and then how it ended. Yeah. So we started, uh, Kate and I started the rehab center in, in Chicago, outside of Chicago land area. And, um, it was a smashing success and we did, uh, oh my gosh, we just helped and healed just some of the coolest horses. Mm -hmm. And my, my understanding of my why, like mm-hmm. why I do this every day just grew into like, this is making a difference in horses' lives and owners' lives because yeah. there's something really jarring when you have all these plans and ambitions and, you know, your, your hobby, you're going to do this with it. And then your horse gets injured and everything gets sidelined mm-hmm. and you don't know what to do. And then there's someone like me that's like, oh, I know what to do. I can help you with this. And Mm -hmm. that is such a light. And like, then just the belief that like, when I didn't know the answers, I'm comfortable asking Mm -hmm. and I have a genuine interest in wanting to learn. And then, you know, that goes into even my partnership with Hudson with uh, their Aquapacer, the water treadmill, Um, you know, and researching which water treadmill I wanted for our original facility. That was the one I wanted. And then what I realized really quickly was like, we got this amazing piece of equipment and no one was going to teach me how to use it. And I'm I'm like, well, I guess I got to figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I I guess I'll figure this out. And luckily I had Kate next to me to laugh and figure it out with. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where there was a huge learning curve and there just had to be like grace upon grace upon grace Mm -hmm. of just like, okay, every time we mess up, it's a learning opportunity let go of this idea of perfectionism and my expectations and just go with what is mm-hmm. because there's no, there's no playbook on how to do this. I, I mean, there were rehab centers out there, but very few at the time. Yeah. And most of them were much, they weren't these boutique style rehab centers of just, you know, two girls, two, two girlfriends hanging out, wanting to rehab horses. Um, and, you know, we, we really like kicked butt, took names, had a blast, uh, And gosh, we healed some great horses. And then, you know, it came to a point um, in our relationship with the barn owner where I, you know, I ultimately with Kate made the decision that we could not heal horses at the expense, sorry, at the expense of our own heart. Um, And so oftentimes what that means is just somebody, you know, people going in different directions and knowing what I was firm in was like those core beliefs again my roots. And so when they didn't align, it just was this like very natural, like, okay, it's time to move Mm -hmm. on. And there is nothing harder than shutting down a business when it is highly successful. Yeah. (laughs) Like talk about an ego punch, like, Mm -hmm. okay, so this is this dream I had is working and, but it's not aligning with my core beliefs. Mm -hmm. And I've been faking it for a while to try to make it work. And I can't do that because I know I have to be authentic to sell this. And it just went back to like our why, like, why are we doing this? And it was our why is because like by healing horses, we heal ourselves and we heal others. Mm -hmm. And this is beautiful circle. And it's like, okay, I I'm not healing. This is not good for me. And you know, it's, it's hard at times when you're like, all right, but I've got chandeliers and every piece of equipment I could want. And it looks so good on paper. Mm-hmm. 
not working. And so to thoughtfully close that down um, was a huge learning process of making the choice to step back and recalibrate. Mm-hmm. And that one, you were with me and Kate for that. That was hard. It was very hard. Yeah. It was hard. And um, just what I'm so thankful for is because of, I think, the thought, the foresight we had going into it, Kate and I are still amazing friends. Yeah. Uh, and I continued the business and she has it. And we both like love all the time that we spent doing it. Like we would not change it for the world. And both of our marriages and our families are no worse off. Like if anything, it was a growing opportunity. And Mm -hmm. so like having that foresight, even though we couldn't have seen that this was the direction it was going to go, just knowing that like, no matter what, all these are going to be okay, allowed us the space to be like, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. To put the ego aside and say, like, I don't, I I prioritize my mental, physical, spiritual health and what I believe I'm doing in the business that I'm growing so much that I will let go of this really shiny star because it's not, it's not working. And I think people need to know there was no next thing at that time it was just this is not working we need a different version of this or we don't know what is going to come next and you had staff yeah so it wasn't at that point it wasn't just you and kate you had a whole team yeah it was so hard because we were rocking it (laughs) yeah i mean okay so let me just say this too Katie had a team of people, of women that had found her because of what she was doing, because of what you were doing. Stop me at Hobby Lobby. Yes. Talking. And then she came and worked for us. And she was a mom that wanted to work during the day while her kids were at school. And like, she's amazing. And I'm still friends with her. And yeah, it was like she saw my logo on my vest. Yes. Hey, are you unbridled? And (laughs) I mean, it was just like, it was all parts of my life. And so that's where, oh, I mean, I still like my heart hurts because I loved the team we had built. Mm-hmm. We had purposely brought people with different backgrounds, different experiences, mm-hmm. people that knew different horses and different way of doing horses than we did and had different skills. Like, oh, she's a good photographer too. And like, yeah. wow, she really loves graphic design. And you know, just this idea of like, let's all be really, really different. And we came together as, as a really cool group of women that supported each other. And, and I always went back to, and I'm, and I'm doing this again with the group of women that I'm putting together here. Um, and not that I won't hire guys. It's not that it's just, yeah. that, that's what <laughs> seems that's what happened. More women in the horse world. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so it's just this idea of like this, rehab idea of healing is bigger than just for the horses. And I always believed that for it to work, the, the staff and like the, the beliefs that we had, they all had to align together. Mm-hmm. And what's cool was like the team that, that came together at that time, it was just, it, it was stitched together. So cool. And then to have to say to them, like, I am, we are making a conscious choice to stop this 
and you did nothing wrong. Yeah. Oh. So hard. It hurt. Yeah. I just, my heart broke. And yeah. yet I knew deep down it was right. Right. And you, was- you both needed time to process that. I mean, there was some serious grieving around what you were giving up at that time. Oh yeah. And a lot of personal hurt. Um, yes. Yeah. I really, I had to have space and time to heal from just a toxic relationship and something that, you know, just takes time and, and to remove yourself from in order to heal, um, you know, cause space can give perspective and, uh, it just, you know, there were a lot of pieces to it. I had Mm -hmm. my family on site. I had my horse on site, my business. And so there was a lot intertwined in there. And so I just had to piece by piece kind of get that, you know, picked apart and figured out. Mm -hmm. And luckily with much thought and care, it, it came out pretty unscathed, but Mm -hmm. internally it was really, really, really hard. Like it hurt. It hurt big time. Yes. The the part of me that can just keep going did keep going um, in what I knew, but it was so sad to have to close that chapter of that book. Um, I didn't want to. I know. I know. But you did. And that's, I think, something to keep in mind, too, is like your internal compass has always been so strong and your willingness to listen to that because you very easily could have shut that down and been like you know what this is working we have a good business model we work so hard we've invested so much you know time money energy you name it across the board every you're including your families you know i went all in i went yeah i went all in like i was i was doing it yeah, you you both were committed and you like so devoted to making it work and then to the team aspect and to building up that team and empowering that team and then to just have that knowing of like this is no longer aligned, you know, in the for so many reasons. And so I just think people just hearing you say that because at every turn in the story, in your story, you have trusted that instinct. And so many people don't, they just, they push it down. They shut it off for one oh, reason or another. I managed it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I can manage this situation. Yeah. Yeah. I can do, I can do hard things. Like I can manage. Right. And, right. right. But uh, that gnawing at you. Yes. It isn't working. Um, it was time. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I can't say I always listened to that part. Probably, like it wasn't yeah. something that was always there. It's come definitely with experience and age. And, mm-hmm. but I think too, just like leaning into the uncomfortableness, like I, I was, I, was, I hurt. It mm-hmm. hurt. And I was the first one that was like, I'm hurting right now. And I'm just going to keep on keeping on. Mm-hmm. And what I know and what I keep going back to in this belief that, you know, someone's always like, oh, one door closes and another door opens. Like, okay, you know, Hallmark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the door hit really hard. Yeah. This <laughs> was a little painful. But what I see is that, like, that idea of when I'm able to put something down, it allows me to pick something else back up or something new up um, because you can only hold so much. And 
at times I overdo it and hold too much. And that's when I feel like I'm just not present or giving as much as I can to the things that are important to me. But what keeps happening is when I thoughtfully put something down and don't just push it away. Like I place it down and I care about it and think about it and, and lovingly choose like, okay, I got to put this down that something else comes along for me to pick up. And had I not put that down, I couldn't have picked this up. And so what was interesting was in working with the water treadmill company that I had, you know, our original water treadmill from for the horses, um, I had built a good relationship with them. And um, by kind of closing that chapter of the rehab portion, they were like, hey, we would love to, um, sorry, my dogs are really- That's fine. Having a lot of feelings right now <laughs> because they're, they're locked out. Something, someone maybe pulled onto the property, or something's going on. Um, my little <laughs> tiny guard dogs. <laughs> um, and so, what was interesting was that they were like, "Hey, now that hold on, I'll let them in here." Yeah, that's fine. You too. Thank you for your alarm system. Um in doing in putting that down i thought okay now i don't have a water treadmill where do i where do i have to stand on to to talk about rehab and what i had was stories and the experience that i gained figuring out how to use a water treadmill yeah and all of a sudden i had the the space within me to be like wow i have, i have a masters in teaching um I would love to teach this to other people. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? And of course, yet again, I'm like, wow, no one's doing that. Yeah. <laughs> There's no one in the industry that is teaching. Vets are learning it finally kind of in vet school. They're mm -hmm. learning the theory of water treadmills in equine rehab and fitness, but there's the theory of it. And then there's the practical pieces of it and the people that are doing it day in and day out. And so all of a sudden, you know, it was this relationship building with, with Hudson and, and them seeing also like, Hey, we want people to get this equipment from us and be able to use it safely and properly. And we don't want to bring education in house. Would you want to partner and bring education to people that are getting the equipment? Mm -hmm. And that happened. So, I mean, I think I had this meeting with them like in June or July for my parents' late house. Mm-hmm. I think it was outside, like with the lake in the background and my kids screaming because I'm watching them, you know, as I'm doing my Zoom call. And I'm like, wow, yeah, this could be really cool. You know, like, yeah, I could see that working and that would really interest me. And so then it took, you know, a lot of thinking and, and going into like, well, what, how would this work for both of our businesses and be something that would be a, a partnership that, because it's scary when you mm -hmm. open yourself up to partnerships, like, okay, all right, I'm trusting in somebody else and I want us both to benefit from this. But at the same time, like I need to have boundaries up so that I'm not resentful of something or mm -hmm. give too much. And then I don't feel like they're, they know that, or, you know, it's like a good, any kind of good relationship. And so, um, and I was also moving from a customer to a partner. Mm -hmm. uh, and that has been such a cool partnership that has grown really on its own in the way that, 
you know, here I am, I, I'm shutting down that portion of the rehab center. I'm still massaging because that is my bread and butter. I love mm-hmm. massaging and still traveling and I have my clients. And then there's this piece where with Hudson, it, it really started up first of all, where I was going to go train people on their water treadmills. And then what I ended up creating was I'm like, well, I have to put everything in my brain down on a piece of paper. And I ended up coming up with this whole training manual and protocol Mm -hmm. and was like, okay, well, well, now I'm going to find someone that can help me actually make it look pretty. Right. Yeah. (laughs) My manual was just like (laughs) word document. And what I didn't realize is like, what 20 some odd pages of thought that you've learned from experience. And wouldn't it be nice if I could package this up for people and teach them so that they can be successful as this industry is growing and as there's more rehab centers opening and more people doing this, but there isn't a training going on for it. How can I help this industry to bring training and education to it? And so I never thought of myself as being like, oh, I'm going to be the leader in this, but here I am. And it, it really just came out of like Hudson seeing a need, me seeing a need, but also me having the time. Mm-hmm. And couldn't have picked that up when I was running my rehab center. There's no way. Like I, I, I didn't have it. I didn't have the, I didn't have the space in my head. I didn't have the space in my schedule. Like I couldn't have. And it gave me the time to also be creative, which I need downtime to do and create this curriculum and create the protocol. And how did I want to teach it? And what was something I didn't plan on was because I didn't have a rehab center, I was going to go to their facility when they get a machine in. And with new horses, new people and a new machine, I'm going to use train them how to do it in three days. Yep. Oh my gosh. No, again, I believed in my protocol. I knew it worked because I had used it and I had had other people help me and we had, we had fine tuned it enough because we had used it enough with our own horses. But then there also had to be just this faith that like, and I know horses Mm -hmm. and I am honest and I have good integrity and I'm going to do this to the best of my abilities and horses always, you know, make you <laughs> surprise you with the thing come up with and keep you humble. Uh, but it kept going back to like, all right, but I know this system works and I know it's being done in a way that is responsible and compassionate towards horses. It's horse led. Um, and it stays, it stays within the scope of practice of practitioners that are doing this. And I really believe it's going to be able to be recreated. And then now multiple trainings in, um, I kind of came up with this whole package of like, now I do business consulting with them. Um, uh, because the other thing we figured out was like, wow, people buy a water treadmill and they don't know how they're going to run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and people were like, well, Hey, I have a question about this beyond the water treadmill. Um, so then kind of this package came about of like business consulting and training. Um, mm-hmm. and that has, again, I have met so many wonderful people now throughout the United States that I always come from the mindset of community over competition. There are Mm -hmm. enough horses to go around. Um, Let's all work together. And so uh, with Hudson, I started um, a bi-monthly webinar, free webinar, Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, either somebody picks the topic or I pick the topic and I'm going to spend half the time training on it. And half the time you can just ask questions and let's create this community together. And the crazy thing is like people watch these. (laughs) (laughs) They watch them. They wait for them. They submit questions. Again, it's scary because you're putting something out there Mm -hmm. and 
you're not the expert. Like I'm just bringing you what I know and I'm bringing it in a way that like I can share it authentically. And I have experiences that I can share as well. And I'm just really lucky where like I had the foresight to take a lot of pictures and a lot of videos and Mm -hmm. um, have the content to do it. And then, you know, like, it's so neat. Like I am going into people's facilities yet again, and they're allowing me to train their staff and they're, you know, Hudson trusting me um, to work within their equipment and know that I know their equipment and I I'm going to represent them well. And to know that like now, I mean, I loved it. I was just texting yesterday because I do six months of post support after training where I'm pretty much just available to you Mm -hmm. because you need like a friend that you're like, yeah. And, uh, and she had texted me like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I have this horse and I'm trying to do this fitness thing. And here, do I need to increase the speed of the duration? And I was like, well, where's your water height at? She was like, Oh yes, I got to change the water. height." And I was like, yes. Yes. It was like, it was that just like friend problem solving. And like, she is rocking this and like taking Kentucky by storm and having this awesome. And I'm so happy. Because it's like, you're rocking this. And I know she wouldn't have hit the ground running like this if we hadn't had that relationship um, to really start her off on the right foot. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that came out of like, it was, I think spring when I shut down. Yeah, it was like springish that I shut down the rehab center. And then that summer that we started to create this, this consulting and training program um, that, you know, we always... I always kind of hoped was going to be there because I had this great facility to train out of and then really came to fruition when I was had the space and the time to be able to do it. Um, and it just worked out well with Hudson that it was also a good time for them. And the thing is, I, these are not thing like you could have cold pitched Hudson right back in the beginning and said, Hey, you need somebody to train people on this. But you at that point, when you first got your water tread, didn't know what you didn't know. And so just through trial, someone do it. Yeah. Yeah, I watched someone do it and learn from them. They had a Hudson and, you know, she taught me a lot and it was one of those things where it was like, again, she was willing to share the information she had. And so I just wanted to take it one step further. And I appreciated that Hudson cared enough to see like, Hey, I'm like, you guys have a really good product, Mm -hmm. a really well-made American made product. I love it. It scares me that you are letting, it's not like putting a dog or a human in it. You're putting like a 1500 pound (laughs) light animal and you're shutting it in and you're adding water and you're moving the floor. And that is really, really scary to do. And I think there has to be more thought to it. And they're not those people. And so they were like, please tell us. And it has been so nice and refreshing that, you know, they, they want their customers to succeed with the equipment that they're buying. And so Mm -hmm. they see the advantages of having someone like me be able to work with them and talk Mm -hmm. the talk and walk the walk. And I've done it. And then here I am doing it again, you know, Mm -hmm. and and we laugh that they're like, Oh, here she goes again. Yeah. You know, and, but I've met again, wonderful people. And I think a lot of that started from that grassroots piece of a free webinar. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, not knowing exactly what I was going to teach on or what it was going to look like, but knowing that there was a need out there for people to get together and talk about the use of water treadmills and in, in equine fitness and rehab. And mm-hmm. that I could just bring 
I could just bring my knowledge and experiences to it and share what I know and say, then let's, <laughs> let's talk about it. Like, let's have a conversation about it. Yep. And, um, gosh, I got people coming back, you know, every other month that are, that are regulars, people that are like, you know, I, I, I went to trainings and she's like, I watched all your webinars and I'm like, Oh my gosh, thanks. <laughs> I mean, like, I know people are watching them. They're on YouTube, but like, I don't know who's yeah, watching them. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's just so cool that like, now it's this like library of resources and we just keep making them. And they also are, you know, for people that maybe can't afford the training, they're a resource for them to have. Mm -hmm. Um, even when we do question and answer, you know, it's, it's a way for them to get to get questions answered. And what I try to say is like, I'm just always available. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm willing to be that friend that you can text because yeah. I was lucky that I had that in Kate mm -hmm. to learn with. And I have a wonderful employee that has been with me for a very long time, Kayla, that, you know, is willing to kind of listen through the, the struggles. And I, I want to be that for other people too, because I think you don't want to do this like alone. It would be really right. boring and really lonely. And if I can bring that to other people, because we have ways via Zoom or text or call to be able to do that, like I, I really love that piece. And to know that I don't have to be the expert, I can just come in as a, who I am and what I've experienced. Mm -hmm. And we share and learn from each other. It's it's really fun. And the trainings have been hugely successful. Oh. I mean, I, I think there's something to, there's so much to what you just said about not being the expert. I think what people, especially if you are in the equine industry and you're looking to pivot out of whatever, you know, physical job you have into more of a consulting role, which is pretty common, right? And um, when people try to leverage out of that, but into not being the expert, just being one step ahead, like you had just, you just did it once before, you know, and not just once, I mean, but like, yeah. Like what needs did I have in starting this right. up? And right. how can I fill those, those gaps? And then how can I do it in a way that feels good to me and good to them? And that's it. And there's not, you're not leagues ahead. You haven't been doing this for 10 years. You, you know, when you and Hudson decided to come together in this partnership, you had just done your rehab facility. And that was barely, was it a year? Barely. Yeah, it had been, uh, just barely two years. Oh, two years. Okay. So yeah. So, you know, that for people listening, I think there's this assumption that you have to have leagues of experience ahead of someone else or, you know, to be considered an expert or to just, but you don't have to, to help someone, you just need to be one step ahead. And like you said, be so genuine and authentic yes. in your approach. There's a, a local micro bakery in my neighborhood and she started in April. So she operates this bakery out of her house. And I saw her, I, wa I had been watching her because I saw her post in like the yeah. neighborhood app. And yeah. then, you know, I followed her on Instagram. And so she from since April to now has grown on Instagram to like 20,000 followers. She's selling out every bread order. And what I think is so interesting about the way she's building this is she hasn't shied away from a leadership role just because she just started her business. Like mm -hmm. she's embraced the fact that there are other micro bakeries, stay at home moms selling yeah. their baked goods across the world yeah. who just want to ask somebody, Hey, how should I price this sourdough when I go to the farmer's market? Yeah. You know, like it's like having that friend, having yeah. that confidant, having someone to turn to. That's like, this is what I thought, you know, 
can we talk it out? And yes. so she yeah. has owned it entirely, which I think is so unique for new business owners because there's a lot of um, imposter syndrome sometimes mm. that comes up yeah. and then it impedes your confidence as a business person, especially because most entrepreneurs that didn't go to school for business and entrepreneurship, oh. right? Like no. it's a, a passion project a lot of times that turns yes. into a business. Yes. And so her she has done this so well and you do it so well where it's like just ownership of where you're at and then being willing to share that yeah and it's that really, really vulnerable it's so vulnerable <laughs> but it's so valuable well and it just is this but like that's where you know we've had to work through like it's hard for me to show my face on social media yeah. and be behind the camera and all this stuff that's just like really just out of my comfort zone and knowing like, okay, but what I'm talking about or what I'm teaching about has nothing to do. I'm not an influencer, right? Let me stay rooted in where I am. Like I'm not an influencer. I love what I'm doing and I do it to the best of my abilities. And I have information and experience to share mm -hmm. and there's value to that. Totally. And that's where I, you know, I'm the, the first one that'll be like, I don't know, let's, let's play around with this and figure this out because mm -hmm. I'm genuinely curious. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and then to, yeah, talk about imposter syndrome. Like here I am starting up a whole consulting business consulting and training. And I just shut down my rehab center. Yeah. <laughs> that one you're like, Oh, okay. So and I don't even want to get into it. Right. Cause I'm just healing from it. And mm -hmm. you know, it, it's a lot for somebody that needs you to be like, so my, my, I had to heal my heart and yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, like giving your baggage out, like, yeah, it, it was one of those things that I, I felt confident in it, but it made it hard at that mm -hmm. point to be like, well, I'm going to teach you about water treadmills, but I don't currently have one. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. oh, I mean, yeah, really mm -hmm. embrace that, you know, mm -hmm. it's not forever. And I know I will someday, and this is just where I'm at right now, but I have boatloads of experience and mm -hmm. I'm willing to talk about it. Yep. And I've also started up and been in your shoes too. Which is just what, that's what they want. That's what they just want someone to relate to, right? Yeah. Because your friends and your family can't do that. It can only come from the industry or like someone else in entrepreneurship, like outside of that. But to be able to just say like, I get it. Like when we were going through this, this is how we handled it, you know, and just to be able to talk it through. And I think, again, it's like that family business idea because yeah. I work with these people over Zoom for months before I go there and train. And then I get there and train and like we're hugging. Yeah. I stayed at their house. Kayla and I stayed at their house. Because <laughs> it was just like we all knew each other by then. Yeah. And but that that's the thing. Like, I'm yes, I'm selling this information and this education, but like. I'm just selling who I am too. And yes, it's authentic. And so I'm, I'm just going back to that idea of like, I genuinely like them and I like what I'm teaching. And so then when I go and meet them, it is like, Hey, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to find yeah. you. You know? And, uh, it's really cool. Cause you've had that connection with them this whole time and the ability to connect the way we, we can virtually and how special that is and, and really can build upon, then this idea of like, okay, now I'm going to come in person and have this deeper connection with you. And then I'm going to yes. stay connected to you throughout this. And yeah, I really want to be that support and that friend for them that I was lucky enough to figure out I needed in Kate from the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's really mm -hmm. lucky that I had someone like that in my life. 
And it's so cry with me. Yes. Smack me when I'm down, you know, like all the things. Exactly. I think having a, a business bestie is so underrated in business growth, even if that person is not in your industry, but especially if they are where you can really like come together on issues you're having or wins that you're celebrating. It is so, so, so helpful to have that support yes. in business and in life, and, you know? Yes. And it, it was a partner that you know, we could like, I, I remember the other day that we did startup Saturdays where we like talked every oh, yeah. video about like startup stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I couldn't have remembered this and I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember these videos. And then I, all I can think about is all the blooper reels that we had <laughs> of just like painful take after take and just the, like, we could laugh about it and having that person to have bloopers with and la like, that was what kept us going. It, it makes it more fun because it can be so hard and it can be grueling and you're picking yourself up off the floor and you're putting yourself out there in ways you didn't know you could do. And to have someone there with you through it, I think is just, it's, it's the best treat you can give yourself like an industry friend or a group of friends. To this next opportunity that came about, like yeah. I but did the business consulting trained this group in Arkansas with their new water treadmill and had gotten to know them over months, you know, that when I got here again, it was like, hi, we're yeah. each other, you know, and um, genuinely caring about their business and, and what they're going to do with it and them being successful. And, you know, we laugh now because um, Lori, who owns Pinnacle, people will be like, oh, how'd you find out about Katie Unbridled? She's like, Instagram. I followed her on Instagram. <laughs> Deeper than that. Yeah. I mean, that was the initial thing, but like that, you know, but like that relationship growing that there does have to be that initial point of contact mm -hmm. and that she went and Googled me. Hudson mentioned mm -hmm. like, Hey, we have this person that does these trainings mm -hmm. and, and education. You can check her out. Here's her website. And she went and checked it out and checked out social media. And again, that brand awareness, that, mm -hmm. that root of what we were was there for her to see for that connection to start. And then she got to know me on a personal level. And then that led to where we're at now. Oh my gosh. It's just like, it's, it's just so, so textbook, like customer journey. She went through the whole funnel. You couldn't, felt, everything felt like, like this textbook is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. But when like, you step oh, back and look at it as a case oh, study, yeah. You had all of the pieces in place mm -hmm. to capture her yes. and to bring her yes. in and then retain her to a point where she was like, oh, yeah, like I, I want to work with Katie. I want to get to know Katie. I want more. her and business to be based out of my yeah. bar. Yes. And then there to go from that, like, oh, I heard about her through Hudson, this third party, you know, sure. provider of the water treadmill to now, like, how do I bring her into my home? Yeah. Like, how do I bring her here and her family? Not just her, but her husband, her two girls, <laughs> the three dogs and the dogs, mini the, horse, the circus meatball. meatball. I mean, I had it from the beginning be like, all right. And then there's this meatball character yeah. who's been living in my garage, but we're going to bring him to Arkansas too. I mean, yeah, oh, it was the whole kit and boodle. Like you're getting it all. And, um, and then what I think really worked for us is like, we both have this uh, authenticness that it was just like, well, here's my circus. Well, here's my circus. Right. I, I, as long as you're cool with these circuses, like I'm cool with yours, like let's do it. And you know, it, but it is so humbling to be starting it all up again. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, I, I like, I don't, it's not that I have the passion still to do it. So that's where I'm thankful. Like, 
doing this time and time again has not burnt me out. Right. It hasn't been easy, but it hasn't burnt me out. And yet again, I get to do it with someone, which is Mm -hmm. what I keep realizing. Like, I really love that. Yeah. Because I need that, that person or those people to like make me laugh and keep me just like, okay, I'm losing my mind. How are we going to do this? You know? And, Mm -hmm. and then I go back to, okay. And I said this to Lori from the beginning, I was like, well, we could do this one of two ways. Like you guys could start this up and get things going. And then if you're rocking and rolling, you know, you could bring Unbridled in to help you, you know, cause we have the experience, the know-how. And she's like, I'm like, or we start it from the beginning together and know that there's going to be a time of, of just pain and growth. And, yeah. and that was part of it. And she was like, I want, I want to do it. I kind of said from like the top down versus the yeah. bottom. Up. And she's like, I want to do it that way. I want to do it together. And I was like, yeah, me too. And, uh, you know, it was creating again, a partnership that worked for both of us. What I so appreciate is her understanding that, okay, I have this relationship with Hudson. Well, she's like, I value that relationship because I knew I needed that when I got on her channel, I knew I needed that. And you were there for me. I want you to be there for other businesses. Mm -hmm. And why don't you have those people come here too and see a business operating? And I'm like, it's unreal always- just unbelievable you know, i have a location that i can do that yeah. in, and i can bring people to and they can learn here and so that was something i've always wanted and then on top of it like this idea that like okay here's what i've done before here's the path i took i'm going to take these core pieces i'm going to apply them again knowing that it's going to look a little different because it's a different area it's different disciplines you know i haven't made that connection of my name and brand yet, but believing that it's out there and Mm -hmm. that the stories speak for themselves. And so right now it's like, I'm starting again, grassroots, like getting to know the vets, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the horses that we have really getting their success stories together to be able to share them. Um, creating a a staff of people. Mm -hmm. Like I'm so lucky. Kayla came with me here. Like, oh, that's amazing. You know, my right hand man. And, uh, you know, she totally uprooted her life to come here. And mm-hmm. um, then we were, you know, we joined a team of people. Well, that takes time just joining teams together and merging two businesses. And how is this going to look? And all those pieces that take time to figure out. And I'm just so appreciative mm-hmm. that, like, we have the time and space to do it. And, but yet it is still scary doing it again, even though I've done it this many times. Yes. <laughs> okay. The other night I was like, no one's going to come to the open house. <laughs> no one's going to come. It's going to be empty. And I'm like, oh, and what if it is? And what if it is? What if it, it is? Go there, go there. And so what if it is? Okay. Yeah. Then we try it again on a different night at a different time or a mm-hmm. different day or when it's not, you know, winter, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, okay, then we try it again because if you don't try, you don't know. Okay, so let's talk about that for a minute because I think people are going to listen to this story from start to finish and it's going to feel serendipitous. Like at every turn, there was just this door open and this opportunity and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, when I, when you told me, I mean, your timeline to when you accepted the offer to move to Arkansas to when you moved, six weeks, right? Six weeks. Because I had to get my kids here before school started. Right. So in my head, you said that. And I was like, what the (laughs) hell? How are you going to uproot? Everybody said that. Yes. Well, first they were like, where are you moving? And I'm like, Northwest Arkansas. And they're like, why? (laughs) (laughs) It's the least sexy place ever to say Uh you're moving to. Yeah. And then secondly, it was like, how? 
Right. I don't know, but I've got this great partner. I've got Greg and I've got two awesome girls. And the first thing I want to make sure is we're all on the same page and then we can figure out how to do it. I mean, and it's how do you not let your logical brain or maybe it's the fear override those situations because I feel like so many other people would have talked themselves out of it. Like there's no way we're going to get the kids and the animals and everybody to Arkansas in six weeks, you know, or like if you told your parents, probably they were like, um, are you sure that's going to happen in oh, six weeks? Like every, everybody was like this, how are you going to sell your house? How are you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. was, there were so many pieces, right? Um, that's a great question because my logical part does come online. Mm-hmm. I think what I can do is like take that fear. Okay. Like it might not work. Like believe that and go down that rabbit hole. Like, okay, if this doesn't work, what could happen? Cause sometimes no, that has happened to me. Yeah. And I'm still here and I'm still okay. Right. So <clears throat> the worst can happen, mm-hmm. but can I take that energy of worry and apply it to getting to action? Right. And that's when I can turn that churning of like inactivity of worry into like tangible wins. Okay. And those little things like, okay, well, what do we need to do first? Okay. Mm-hmm. We got to get our house ready to sell. And I got to get the girls registered for school and we got to figure out how to move there. Let's start mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never moved out of state. What does that look like? Oh and my gosh. It was just step after step after step. And it was almost like, okay, that worry is still there, but in order to keep moving forward, I can't let this hold me back. Right. Like I gave it space because it's real and it may not work. Mm-hmm. That is the reality of it. But we've decided we're going to give it a try anyways, even knowing this. Mm-hmm. So I have to put this over here because I've got a lot of stuff to do. Do you <laughs> think, is there something to the, because I come back to this of like the belief or the desire to make it work being greater than Mm. staying put and regretting it later. Like, you know, at least we tried, like, is there something to that? Like you, you wanting to be able to say like, well, at least we tried, even if it doesn't work out or it doesn't work out how we thought, like, at least I know I gave like with the rehab, the initial rehab in Illinois, you know, being able to say like, we gave 110% and and that did work and it closed for other reasons, not because it didn't work, but for other reasons, you know, but even still just being able to say like, okay, we tried it, you know, like we know. You know what? Every time, like, I am just so thankful for the, it's like the strength those mm-hmm. have all given me because it has taught me to lean into the stuff that I'm scared of. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. Like my worst fears of like, okay, what are your worst fears? Like, well, here's some of them. Okay. We're going to have them come true. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's serve with you on a platter yeah. and you know, have people do something that you've been afraid of your whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Like it almost is that idea of like uh, that failure is real. Mm-hmm. And yes, I do believe like it's better to have tried it than not to have tried it at all. But this idea of like, you know what? And if it fails, I'm still going to be okay. Right. Like, right. and it's okay. And I can try something else. And so mm-hmm. that resilience and, and actually learning that 
firsthand, even though I would not wish it upon anybody, (laughs) it has to happen. So like you have to try things and let them fail. Yeah. Like they're going to, and then you're going to take that information and apply it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And then take that information and apply it in a different way. And it's just like, that's the evolution of it. You couldn't have told me eight years ago that this is where I would be. Never. You, I would not have even put a bet on me living in Arkansas. Oh no! <laughs> no, I my gosh! For it, like, is it AK? Is it AR? I don't know. Oh my gosh! Yeah, who knows? Where is it in the United right. States? It's like, right. Right. where is there? the stadium located? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think even when we started working together, I mean, we knew that you couldn't massage indefinitely. Like that—that that was just something we knew. Yes. And at that time, trying to get you to a place where you were comfortable owning your experience and comfortable in that educational role. And that's something, I mean, you said it so casually too, but you have a master's in education and bringing that into the business where I see so many people, it's like pre-business and post-business, like they started the business and then those two aren't connected. And it's like, no, it's all you, all of that experience is related. And so to be able to say, you know, whether you were I was in corporate before. And so I bring all of that to this. You have your zookeeper knowledge. You have a master's of education. Like how does that inform the type of leader you are and the business owner you are and the business that you want, you know? So I think allowing all of those aspects to come through has really helped you to put together this holistic business that is just like so genuine and authentic to who you are. And that is the best type of sales because you like you're not selling you're not convincing anyone to do anything they want to be a part of it yes like that it's it it's the energy that you're putting out because you love what you do so much obviously the results are there too but um they they see it like when you have the rehab facility and these young women are reaching out to you on instagram like i'll work for free how do i intern you know even when they you know call me and they're doing a school project and they're like can we interview you and this i'm like well, I hope I can give you some answers because I, I don't know. Oh my gosh, I had that. I've, I I've been like, yeah, it was so cute. I ended one interview and they like were on the other end and they were like, "Yes, we got to talk to her." And it's just like, oh my, it's just so sweet. Like, oh gosh, you, you know, like they wanted to talk to me. And it's this this cool idea of like, you never know, like your dream, someone else that might be their dream too, and so just being out there and like owning all the things that didn't work. If anyone asked me like why I shut down my rehab center, I didn't fluff it. Right. It was like, it just, it wasn't a good fit. And, and I'm so glad I put that down Mm -hmm. because I put it down thoughtfully because I, I wouldn't be where I'm at had I not. Mm -hmm. I think about that. Like, had I not made a change then how would my life be different now? And all how that affects, you know, so many other people too. And yeah, it it took those failures, failures, right? Like what we decide are failures or we categorize as failures to grow and change and pivot into something else. And I mean, my business has just been one big dance of pivots. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. It's not at all where we started. And yet it's better than I could have imagined it. And the trial and the error and the start and the stop and the ups and the downs and the, you know, 
talks with Greg and figuring it out. I mean, there we because this is all we've kept it all business today, but you are still a mom and a wife and you still have, you know, expectations at home and all of the like responsibilities at home. And there have been nannies and there have not been nannies and there have been iterations of help at home and not having it. And so I think it's just, it's not, I mean, you hear people say all the time, like, Oh, entrepreneurship, it's not linear. It's like a little squiggly thing, but in in theory, you're like, oh, yeah, I get it, right? But then yeah, in reality, yes. it's a whole, you're like, oh, shit, wait a second. This sucks. Like, this oh. season, it sucks. Sucks. Yeah. There were many seasons that I've been in that I'm like, ooh, yeah. this is bad. Like, oh, this, <laughs> this, this hurts, you know? And It hurts. But I think I'm also, like, to the point where I'm like, I'm just going to let it hurt. Okay, so let's, I, I won't go into details on this, but right before the the partnership with Pinnacle where you were had like solidified the contract with them to go out there to consult, mm-hmm. um, you had a couple really low months where oh. it was the end of WEF 2023. Yes. And, you know, people, you had planned to go back there. the insanity of it all. Yes, oh. but it was straight up panic, like, oh my God, what's happening right now? You know, and I feel like a lot of business owners right now during this holiday selling season, especially the product-based ones, but they're feeling it. They're feeling the squeeze. They're feeling the realities of being responsible for their own paychecks and feeding themselves from their own businesses. And you felt that back in March where- Yeah, I I was in this really interesting place of, yeah. um, Mm -hmm. I had two employees for massage. Um, that were independent contractors, but that I have, it's important to me to keep them consistently working. Mm -hmm. And I always pay them first and then pay myself second. And we were just in, there's these, you know, ebbs and flows of even equine massage, but there's Mm -hmm. ebbs and flows of everything. And we were kind of in this like quiet period between, you know, the horse shows that happened over the summer, Mm -hmm. we travel to WEF and WEC in Florida to see our clients in the winter And what I think I figured out is like, I just, like, I didn't get my timing right. Mm -hmm. And on top of that though, my husband had left his job Mm -hmm. and was in between jobs. And we were in a place of like, this is, this is scary. Um, This is good. Like, I'm glad all this is happening, but this is scary. And I think I told you, I was like, I have like $9 in my account. Yes. I was like, girl, I am broke. It was very real. It was very, very I was like, I have bills coming up uh that I don't know how I'm going to pay. Correct. So I I swallowed my pride and I took a loan. Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. like, I need cash flow right now. And I am going to have the faith that I can pay this back eventually because Mm -hmm. I, I have proven time and time again that I can make this work. And so during this rough period, I'm just going to lean in, get help, embrace that it's not going as I planned. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Mm Because it's going to help me get clear on what I need going forward. And it was really interesting because it was like all the things together, like I, my showing wasn't going well. And I was just like, I need to just, I had been leasing horses to, to learn jumpers and move up the levels. And I was like, I really think I need to get back to like the roots of just like having a horse that I build a relationship with. But 
didn't really set myself up for that in as far as financially. And I wasn't in a financial place at that point, like my $9 in my bank account. Yeah. You know, I was stressed, like deep, Mm -hmm. deep stress. And it was like, okay, I have to take some of this pressure off. I'm gonna, you know, I don't like putting stuff on credit. I don't like taking loans. Like I like to be able to pay for what, you know what I mean? Like that, that part of me, but I'm like, I need help right now. Mm -hmm. And I can't dip into my family because we're, you know, we're taking care of ourselves with, with, you know, Greg, yeah. you know, we're both not in a good place with our jobs. And so, you know, it's just, okay, I'm going to lean into this and and take some help and know that it'll get better and believe mm-hmm. it'll get better. And, you know, this is where like my faith comes into play. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't know how this is going to work. Yes. <laughs> I have no idea. And, uh, I'm losing some sleep over this. And then, into my lap falls uh, two water treadmills that are used in Florida that a gentleman that, you know, managed a property that they were selling this property is like, Hey, I heard you're the Hudson girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But that's what I am now. Like yeah. now I'm poor. I can take whatever I might <laughs> Whatever girl you need me to be. Uh, and, you know, he's like, I got these two water treadmills that I need to sell and I don't even know how to do it. And Yet again, that fear was like, what are you doing? You don't know this person. You've never sold water treadmills. With, like, yeah, you're training on them and stuff, but this is not in your repertoire of things. Again, I'm not good at sales. And, but what I know is like, oh, these water treadmills are really good. I know how they're made. I called Hudson like, hey, I've got these two used water treadmills. They could go back in their books and they're like, oh, we installed those on this date and we did maintenance on this date. I mean, you know, and I'm talking to like the people there. Like I've got yeah. them. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this deal with this guy and I'm going to, this is the crazy part. I was like, I'm going to take the loan that I just got barely in my account. Like the ink's barely dry and I'm going to pay this guy. Oh my God. And I did this all while my family was there for spring break. So my in-laws, my husband, my kids were all like having spring break in Florida and I'm more showing and I'm like, I'm going to sell water treadmills. Um, and I took the loan and I paid him for the water treadmills and then the universe provided. And I had the network of people already established that when I posted that I had these water treadmills, they sold within 24 hours because people, I guess, knew that I was the Hudson girl. And on top of it knew, cause I had that brand awareness, like this girl's the real deal. Mm-hmm. And they wired me money. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen, I mean, I had, pictures and videos and all that, you know, like, I'm, I'm like, I'll FaceTime you, you know, I like, I'm, I'm really honest. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was unreal. It was uh, when you told me that story, I mean, you just, I, it, it is such a testament to your faith and to just figuring it out. And yeah. that's what you have done at every single turn is just trusted yourself enough to figure it out. And Greg trusts you and you trust Greg. I mean, and there's that too, which is incredibly helpful to have a supportive partner in that way. But I mean, just, he thought I was a little crazy with this one. Because yeah. What are we doing? And like, it took time too. Like yeah. I, I was like, okay, I realize this isn't on our agenda, but we're going to like, I'm going to do these sales and I need your help. And we're going to move these 5,000 pound piece of equipment and someone's going to come get them from another state. I mean, it was just crazy and we did it and 
I made more money in 24 hours than I usually make in a year. Yes. Yes. And I, you had just taken a loan because you couldn't pay your bills. Yeah. I was petrified. (laughs) Like I was doing these deals like, Oh my, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is this. I'm so scared right now. I'm putting the contracts together. I'm sending them in DocuSign and I'm like making contracts, you know, like I got to figure this out. And, and again, like these people were starting up rehab centers that couldn't afford new water treadmills that were able mm-hmm. to get water treadmills in that I was able to help them with the business portion of it. And it was all genuine and mm-hmm. they worked and I knew they were good equipment because I called the place that made them. And, yep. and so it was like, everyone won. And then to make money doing that, I felt unworthy. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I can't believe I just did this. Like it was really cool. And I felt like a badass. And at the same time, I was like, that scares me. Like that whole situation, like that was really risky. And yeah. wow, we did it. <laughs> yeah. And wow, look at what you're capable I of. I was like, yeah. Miranda, you're not going to believe what I just yeah. did. <laughs> And I, I could not believe it. I, I was blown away. I mean, every, every time we meet, you're like, oh, just wait, we have updates, you know, and I'm, I'm blown away. But this one really was like, holy shit. Like what? You know, and I, I just think over and over, like I had to sit in the muck Mm -hmm. and I had to have the rough times and I had to still trust myself. Mm-hmm. to take the risks and that changed well it changed everything for me personally because I was able to buy a horse mm-hmm. which is what I deep down wanted I was like I I really want my own horse and mm-hmm. I haven't owned one in a long time and I'm kind of a lifer where when I get one I keep them forever and I know this and so it's a big you know for me I'm like okay this is a big deal and it's not also not something that's like financially responsible for me. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> uh, right. You know, like it's 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 something that we make sacrifices to do. And my family has always been okay with that with Greg and my kids. And so I'm really lucky in that way that they know like this gives me so much joy and peace and and you know it is my passion beyond just my business. And but yeah doing that sales deal was really that was that was cool. Oh <laughs> that was gosh. not it was really fun and really terrifying. And so I guess maybe doing something that terrifies you is kind of good at times. Totally. And just leaning into it. Like you said, like at every turn, just leaning into like, okay, yeah, this is terrifying. But if it works out, it's going to be one of the most amazing stories that we'll yes. ever have. If this works out, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. If it doesn't, I'm out this money and I'll just have to figure it out. Exactly. Um, so. I feel like we that that tied things up nicely there. Is there anything else you want to leave people with having just chronicled your entire eight years of business, you know, what we could in this time frame? Um, for people who are in the thick of it right now and just, you know, going through it, is there anything you want to say? Yeah, well, I'm right there next to you. Like, I don't know if you ever feel like you're not in the thick of it. Right. I just, I can't remember a time where I'm just like, oh, this is pleasant, like (laughs) easy and flowing down the river. You know, there's been moments of that, but Mm -hmm. I'm right next to you. And I do believe that 
knowing your why and knowing your core beliefs because they are often our passion projects or our interests that mm-hmm. send us down this path of being an entrepreneur or something that just lights our fire. And you have to stay true to that because that's your compass. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just keep doing things that terrify me a little bit. <laughs> I mean, moving out of the state, I always lived in Illinois and you know, I'm like, okay, we're going to, but, but I did it. I, I try to do these big things, even though they scare me, I try to do them with a lot of thought and love mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not, you know, just steamrolling into it and like, Oh, we're just going to do this. You know, it's, it's like, no, let's, let's really look at this and decide, is it worth the risk? And sometimes they've crashed and burned and those hurt and I've let them hurt. And I think that's just made me appreciate, but also be willing to take the risk that much more because I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Like I survived them. And so if it happens again, I'm like, I, it'll hurt. I know it's going to hurt, but I can survive it. That's amazing. You know? And so that's the part that like, it's not, I I just stopped trying to avoid the hurt. Like it is going to hurt, but, but there'll be some really awesome stuff that comes out of it too. Yes. Oh my gosh. And that I'm strong enough to take the hurt and the sadness. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can do that. And it'll, it'll, I'll just keep trudging along with what I know is true and it'll be okay. Oh, that's amazing. And then here I am. And here you are. How amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us today. Uh, Tell people how they can follow you and stay connected with you. Yes. So you can follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. Under Unbridled Equine, you can go to my website, unbridled-equine.com. And you can also just reach out to me. All my contact info is on there. Um, Come visit me in Arkansas, (laughs) y'all. Southern yet. I'll get there. Um, No, I mean, I'm really, I'm truly available. And what I want is to to continue supporting people within this this equine community and entrepreneurs in general, um, because you're not alone. Like, we're doing it. We're doing these things. And it's just really cool. Oh, it's been so cool to watch you grow and such an honor to like support you on this journey, but also just witness it all. I'm sure I've given you some gray hairs. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just more than anything. I think it's just been inspirational because even at the lowest lows, it's like, we know you're going to figure it out. You're going to put a plan in place. You're going to move forward in some capacity and just being able to witness the resilience and the grit has just been inspirational for me as a business owner and so informative too, especially as I never navigate motherhood now in this next chapter for me and my business, you know, it's just been, I feel like we've grown up together in a lot of ways. Ah. We have. We were just these little fledglings all these years. Oh my gosh, we were. And look at us now. Thank you so much for being here. Awesome. No, thank you for having me and thank you for letting me share my story. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to another episode. If you loved what you heard today, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your community on Instagram. Be sure to tag me at Marketing Uninhibited so I can share you with my community. And don't forget that you can achieve your big business dreams with small marketing steps. Talk to you next week.